Okay, good afternoon. It is 2.54 on a Friday afternoon. Um, welcome to the Good Fighters. Welcome to another episode of the Good Fighters. I think it's starting to heat up. I'm pretty sure it's starting to heat up. Um, not just outside, but definitely in this podcast. I feel like God is really like uh, teaching us some stuff, okay? He's speaking. He's giving wisdom. He's given new understanding, and if you've been following me, um, I really feel like these last three episodes, including this one, is just different than the rest. Um, yeah, uh, something I feel like. Well, we already know that when you read the word, Holy Spirit will give you revelation based on where you are. So if you are in a similar situation to what I to where I am, or you can or God may be preparing you for a time that may come where you may need this Holy Spirit. I hope that they receive it, bring it to the front of their mind when they need it. Um, thank you. We just thank you for this time of fellowship. We just thank you for this conversation. We just thank you for whatever it is that you want to do in this space. Holy Spirit, move. This is your space. Get to them what you need to get to them. Meet every need. Let this um seed be planted on good grounds, on fertile ground. And let it plant um a good tree. Uh, we give you praise. We give you honor. We give you glory. I ask you to increase so I can decrease. And yeah, you do what you want to do. You are welcome here in this space. Um, y'all know I've already been reading Daniel. Let's push it out. Let's get straight into it. Y'all already know I've been reading Daniel. Um, and God has really just been speaking through this passage. Um, let's skip to chapter six. Um, I believe the last time we talked, I had already referred or referenced Daniel um, in just context of what I've found out so far. Um, so in chapters, hmm, actually not six, chapter five. Yeah, in chapter five, uh, what happens is, and I'm just going to talk about the points that stick out to me. I'm, I'm not going to get all the way into the whole thing. Like you have to go back and read it and the Holy Spirit will reveal to you whatever you need in addition to what I am telling you. Um, but through chapters five, six, and seven, yeah, because that's where I stopped, five, six, and seven, um, what kept jumping out to me is really that in every situation, serve your season well no matter where you are no matter what you're going through serve your season well walk in a way that is honorable to God still be righteous even if the storms come if the wind blow um you know that scripture that says anyone who hears my words and put it into practice is like a wise man who builds his rock his house on a solid foundation so when the the wind comes the rain comes and everything um his house will not be knocked down and this just goes to say, no matter your situation, serve it well. Serve your season well. Steward it well. Because even though you may not understand what's going on, God does. God's sovereignty. God is sovereign. God is sovereign. So surrender. Surrender. Whatever, wherever you thought you may, you should have been or you could have been by now let it go because God has you where you are for a reason and if you're so focused on the next if you're so focused on the forward in the future you'll either be they say too far backwards is depression too far forward is anxiety so if you're looking too far far 
forward or back. You are welcoming and you are walking in spirits that you don't need to be in. You have your daily bed. Scripture says um, to, to have your daily bread for today has enough troubles. Don't worry about tomorrow. Today has enough troubles for today. today. Today's troubles occupy all of today. Do not... For worrying cannot add another day to your days. It won't it won't add any time to you. It won't do any of that. And I know this may seem a little morbid, but when it's time, it's time. You worrying, stressing yourself out, trying to make it happen, when it's time, it's time. It's not going to change that. It's not going to change that. When it's time, it's time, and you would rather serve your season well. So when you get to wherever you need to go, you are prepared and you are right where you you are in a right state of mind. You have um become, you have evolved, you have grown because you have served each season well. Um I was talking to my little brother yesterday, and he's not my blood little brother, he's my he's my stepbrother, but nonetheless my little brother. And, you know, I hear so many times and we hear so many times, you know, I can't wait till I make it out. I can't wait until I get there. I can't wait until I get there. And I love um, the, the, the mantra, you know, here is holy because it taught me that right here is holy ground. You are already on holy ground. It's about what you're doing with the here and now. Because if you're so focused on the next, you're going to get there and you was, you're going to miss the here. So you're going to be missing something. God says that he does not, you know, he's not going to put you out there to fall on your face. Any good work he started, he will finish. And he is not the God of incomplete. So you wonder, you know, like for us, we feel like, oh, as long as I stay focused on the next, on the next, on the next, I'm good. But if you're missing what God is doing right now, you may not be prepared. You may not be prepared. And God is a God of fully equipping. He said, and let he, the scripture says, and let it endure so that you may lack nothing. Let the trials endure. Let it endure so that you may persevere and lack nothing. Go through it. Go through it. Do not try to skip over it. Don't try to avoid it. Oh, I'm just gonna avoid it. I'm just gonna leave it alone because I'm just so focused on the next. I don't I don't I don't I don't I don't I don't have time for today because I'm so focused on tomorrow. You know, today doesn't really matter. But what if today is all you have? Allow yourself to evolve, allow yourself to grow, allow yourself to be in a moment. And I'm not saying be in the moment to the point where um, you forget that there's something bigger going on. But I want to get jump into Daniel because something that I noticed constantly with Daniel is just that Daniel was just serving his season well. He was not. He knew he was not in control of what was going on. He trusted God enough, and he was surrendered to God enough to understand that God is sovereign if God did not want them to go into exile they would not be in exile but they were so it was obviously something that God allowed he knew it was nothing he can do about that he couldn't work his way into God changing his mind he couldn't do none of that he just had to 
do what he could, which was serve God. Keep God's commands. Walk in righteousness that was um, pleasing to God. That's all he did in every situation. When the king was having, Neptunese was having, um, I would like to say temper tantrums. I would like to say he was having like emotional roller coasters. But through it all, Daniel stood then you stood in the morals and the values and the principalities of God to the point that even though they were pagan gods, they respected it. And I talked to my little brother about um, a situation that had happened when I was younger. And I said, you know what? Even though people may not have liked what the girl had did and they was trying to entice her and they was trying to knock her out of her square, she stayed there. And it was to the point where it was like, you may not like it, but you're going to respect it. And she was not doing it in a disrespectful way. Daniel did not try to force his beliefs on anybody in the kingdom. He said, I'm only responsible for me. I'm doing what God has me to do. And I trust that if God wants to change our mind, he will do that. That's not something that I do. Daniel respected the sovereignty of God and the power that God has he knew that it was nothing he could do to control it to change his circumstance to do anything all he did was obey God and God did the rest we see Daniel getting thrown in the lion's den when the when the um officials um they grew jealous of Daniel they grew jealous of Daniel and a lot of times we notice we notice what happens Jealousy and all, that's in the world. They grew jealous of Daniel. And when they couldn't find no flaw in his character, they went and found the flaw of the king. Hmm. God, help me push this out the way that I feel it. Help me push this out the way that I feel it. When they could not find flaw with Daniel's character, Daniel was so focused on being righteous and living for God and living in a way that was upright that they could not find flaw in Daniel. So what they did was they found flaw in somebody that they felt like had authority over Daniel. Not knowing that the only person that Daniel lived for was God. They didn't understand that. That Daniel was not fearful of the king. He was fearful of God. But they went to the person that they thought had had power over Daniel. And in a situation that seemed like Daniel should have, they thought it was going to instill, instill fear into Daniel. And us thinking it should have. You know, this is a hard, this is a large king. He, he has a big palace. You know, he has a big kingdom. He has rulership. And he, he has, you know, Daniel, we would think he has life and death in his hands. He could kill me. But Daniel noticed, no, he don't. He don't have life and death in his hands. Um, What did Jesus tell? No, what did God tell Ezekiel when he, when he sent Ezekiel? He told Ezekiel, do not be scared of the men who can cause harm to flesh. Do not be scared of that. God holds life and death in his hands. The only way you can take a life is if you give it. And the only person that gives life is God. 
So they can only do what God allowed. And the fact that time and time and time again, Daniel, his friends, they said, you know what? Y'all, you can throw me in the flyer. You can throw me in the lion's den. And I know it may seem like outlandish to say that, but they was like, you can throw me there because if I die, it's because God wanted me to, not because you wanted me to. Because God can shut the mouths of lions. He can shut the mouths of lions. He can protect you in the fire and you can come out not even smelling like the flames. He can do it. That's his sovereignty. Every time they try to set their self up against God or put themselves as equal to God. Every time. Every time somebody set themselves up to try to be equal to God, thinking that they hold the power of your life in their hands, God shows his sovereignty. You do not. You do not. I I want to get into also when... Now I'm getting... God, help me stay on track. Help me stay on track. Because, you know, I start feeling it and I start kind of going all over the place. But Daniel told Nebuchadnezzar, you set yourself up against the God. Was it Nebuchadnezzar? Hold up. Mm-mm. He didn't tell Nebuchadnezzar. He told Belchajah, which is Nebuchadnezzar, I'm sorry, Nebuchadnezzar's son. He told him, you set yourself up against the God that holds your life and your ways in his hands. You have so prideful thought that your authority is equal to that of God's. Not knowing that the only reason you're breathing is because he said so. The only reason you're in this kingdom is because he tolerates it. Not because some way, somehow you put yourself there. And it's just a humbling. It's just a humbling that Daniel was humble to God. He was humble. He knew that like either way, he was so humble (laughs) and I don't even know how to put it. He was just so surrendered to God that he saw that man has no power. What God said, you can't live to please man and please God at the same time. You believe one or the other. And again, I feel like this is another time where God is just saying, whose side are you on? How many times did God tell tell the Israelites, you will only serve me, you will serve no other gods. I will be your God and you will be my people. You cannot idolize and 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 have reverence to these other things the only you you have to acknowledge that i am in control of all things your life the things of this world you i gave you authority but it's only because i gave it to you 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 this is not something you created on your own or you give to yourself just as i gave i can take don't forget that he said i he hold his ways he told him he said You're only the way that you are because God tolerates it. But once God says it's enough, it's enough. And there's nothing nobody can say or do about it. I just see time and time again, Daniel's surrender to God. And in the end, God got the glory because the king saw 
and this was King Darius when on the lions then Belteshah he ended up dying because God was like you know um I didn't try to tell you I tried to warn you to humble yourself you want to constantly set yourself up against me and then you dare to mock me and you dare to sit and drink um from the cups that you know worship me like you're a god or something you think you me all right that's dumb you you're done you're done um but this is king darius in the dens of Li- den of lions and i just see um one you know we we like to think that when god does stuff like this or we sometimes we tell ourselves when god does stuff like this where he is you know saying you know unfortunately i gotta take your life we think, oh, you know, a God that loves would never take somebody's life, but you got to think about it in the bigger scheme of things. If God would have had allowed him to do that, that would have just furthered people's thinking that God does not need to be respected or reverenced. That you can just disrespect God and be, be all right. It's all right. You do what you want to do, God's going to allow it. And it will make people think more and more and more. And these were different times. This was before Jesus came. So we were in different times. This will make people think more and more and more that God really does not have power. You have man steadily setting their self up against God. Testing him. And he's like, okay, I got to show y'all because after I keep telling y'all, you know, now I got I to gotta show you. I got to show you better than I can tell you. I keep telling y'all, you know, humble yourself. You don't want to. You want to keep setting yourself up against me. And you got to think about it. God said he didn't want anybody to perish. He been said that. So why would I allow you to lead my people even more astray with your pride? Not recognizing your pride is going to lead people farther away from God. His pride was going to lead people farther away from God and make people respect God less. He said, so that's it for you. That's it. You you don't want to use your authority that I gave you to further my kingdom. You don't want to surrender to that. Okay, that's it for you. That's it for you. Fine. We'll find some, you know, we'll get somebody else. King Darius comes. He gives the kingdom over to King Darius. King Darius, they play on King Darius' weakness, which is pride. Time and time again, pride. Pride always goes before the fall. That's what I was telling my little brother. I'm like, you never heard of that saying? Pride always goes before the fall. He's like, no. Yeah, because pride will have you thinking that you're somebody that you're not. Keep yourself humble. He, um, they, they end up, they couldn't find fault in Daniel, so they end up going to the king because they knew they could pay on pride. A, a lot of times that come with authority is pride. So I pray for everybody who God anoints to put to the front. May we stay humble. May we stay humble. And may we never forget that we are here through the authority and the power of God. And may we steward it well. So they play on his his pride. They're like, yeah, you know, you the king. You the king, right? You are equal to that of God. That's where you go wrong. You're the king. You have power, you know, here on earth. People are scared of you. So don't, don't that mean you kind of like a god? Mm-mm. Mm-mm. So he's like, oh, he's feeling it. He's like, mm, yeah, you're right. 
You're right. I am. So I like make a decree. Make a decree. Make a decree that anybody who tries to worship another god, you know, make this little image of yourself. You know, put your put yourself in gold, whatever you want to do. Drip drip yourself out in gold. Stick yourself up on a statue. And anybody who does not worship you and worship this statue, whenever the, the, the you know, the horns blow or whatever, throw them in the lines then because they obviously don't respect your, your authority. You see how that played on his pride? And he's so caught up in his pride that he forgot that then you already set the tone with who he worshiped. The king actually liked Daniel. He actually liked Daniel. But he forgot that he's so caught up in his pride, forgetting that, okay, Daniel, who you like, he actually worshiped God. And you know that. You know that. They tricked him. They deceived him. They played on his pride to the point where his vision was blurred and he didn't even know what they was doing. He thinking that they're setting him up on high and they're actually respecting him actually they're playing on your intelligence and they're playing on your weakness because they know pride is a a big thing for people who are in authority pride that's the common denominator daniel gets ends up getting thrown he tries to figure out a way to kind of you know once daniel once they find daniel praying they're waiting for daniel to pray daniel prays they end up saying you know Okay, King, you done set this decree. Then you pray, you got to throw him in the lines. Then you made the decree. There's no way for you to, you already done sealed it. There's no way for anybody to change it, not even you. So at this moment, he's thinking, he's like, oh, these people tricked me. This wasn't about me. This wasn't about my authority or nothing. This was about, uh, they had a hidden agenda. That's what this was about. But then you ends up, He's he's okay because he recognizes that, you know what? God allowed it. He he allowed it. Even though people can sit right here and say, oh, I made a mistake. The, the point of the matter is God allowed it. He allowed it. And anything he allowed is always for good. Even though it seems bad, it's always for, for good because at this time, it humbled the king. It actually worked out for both of their, their good. It humbled the king when Daniel came out of that den alive. It humbled him for him to see there is a power that is above me. It says right here, this really stuck out to me because it says right here. Um, now I'm getting into the dream. Mm-mm-mm. He said, remember your majesty that according to the law of Medes and Persians, no decree or ed- edict that the king issued can be changed. He said, um, okay, here it is. 
chapter 6, line 17. It says, A stone was brought and placed over the mouth of the den, and the king sealed it with his own signet ring and the ring of his nobles, so that Daniel's situation might not be changed. And that just said to me, when you're in situations that seems like no man can change, you know God about to come through. You just know he is. You just know he is. When you're putting God, when God is put in a place where it's like, I can show them time again. That man can't do it, but I can. When you're, when you tried figuring it out. Once you try to, to change it and do it and a man has tried to change the situation and they can't, the only person that, the, not even a person, one who is in a category of his own, he's the only, he's not man. He's not man. Don't get it confused. He's not man. A lot of us like to look at God as if he's equal to man. He has no rival. He has no equal. He is sovereign. He is in a category of his own. He is hollowed. It says hollowed by thy name. That means he's, is, he's in there all by himself. God is not man. I feel like I need to say that God is not man. Sometimes we like to look at these people who are in authority, pastors and, and everything like that, pastors, um, bishops, whatever you want to call them. And we like to look like God is somewhat, some way like this man. No, God is not. No, God is hollowed. He's in a category by himself when your pastor can't do it, when your bishop can't do it, when the apostle can't. Guess who can? God. God, there's always going to be power that God reserves for himself. There's always going to be power that God reserves to himself. And if he decides to use man to do it, then that's his choice. But he does not. He don't need nobody else. He don't need nobody else. He didn't need nobody to bust into the den and break Daniel out. He didn't need to do that. He shut the mouths of the lion. To make it abundantly clear. I don't need nobody to do what it is that I said. I don't need nobody. I don't need man to do this. When you trust me, I can do it all on my own, all by myself. And it was so it can be evidently clear to the king that God is in control. We may not understand it, but God has a plan and it's always for good. And it's always for his glory. So you don't have to be, we don't have to be fearful. We don't have to be scared when we're put in these situations. Because God said that he will never be mocked and the righteous will never be forsaken. He will not just leave you there. And if God decides not to step in, because I'm not going to say that God steps in all the time but see God and see God in everything because even if God decides not to step in and in and save you even if God decided not to go into the lion's den and shut the mouths of the lion and then you die God would have had God would have still got the glory in the end because he would have had a better plan
a big topic right now is God's sovereignty. It's his sovereignty. If God gave you the vision, if God gave you the plan, if God, if God gave it all of that to you, don't you think he's going to make sure it comes to pass? Serve where you are and serve it well. Because there's something bigger going on. Our minds are limited. It's one dimensional. We can never fathom or even try to understand the greatness and the scheme and the and the strategy that God has for our lives. We 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 can't understand the full realm of it. I want to really touch on wherever you may be and it may seem like you're in the worst possible situation and you don't know why you're here and this has nothing to do with what God has promised you and it actually looks like the complete opposite if you're being honest I want to remind you of truth because the enemy comes to lie. He comes to lie to tell you God left you. He's a liar. He's not going to bring this to pass. But trust and remember truth. And the truth is that God is not a liar. He is not a liar and his character is not on trial. If he has you somewhere... No matter what it looks like, serve your season well because there's a reason why you are there. There's a reason why you work in that job. There's a reason why you live where you live. There's a reason why you're in that situation. Because when God shows up, you'll be able to give the testimony that nobody did it but God. Like Nebuchadnezzar, like like King Darius, you'll be able to remember and give the testimony that nobody did it but God. Not man, not me, not a, nobody but God. Nobody but God. Nobody but God. You are in the making. You're on your way. You're on your way. Serve your season well. There's a lesson to be taught. There's a lesson to be taught. There's somebody who needs to be reached and touched. There's a light that needs to be in that space. God God says that you are a light upon a hill. That cannot be hidden. And sometimes when we say we want to be used, we want to be used in the situations that we think are like good right but no matter where you are I'm just reminded and as I'm speaking there's so many like scriptural textual bases that are just coming to my head that's saying remember this remember this remember this remember this remember that in this scripture this happened this scripture this happened I just see it as a pattern it's a pattern it's his character Putting people in situations that they may have felt like, God, why did you, what, why am I here? Why, why did you put me here? But there was always somebody that needed to be touched. It's a domino effect. There's always somebody that needs to be touched. 
there was an encounter that needed to happen. That woman needed to come to the well. Jesus had to be there to meet her. Daniel had to be in the lion's den. There was a king who needed to be humbled. They needed to go in exile. There was a king that needed to be humbled. There was a kingdom that needed to have a transfer of power. We like God to do it in a way because we're only thinking about ourselves sometimes. That this is what's best for me, God. Do it this way because this is what's best for me. But he's like, I'm not only concerned about you. He hear the cries of generations to come. Don't you know I'm the master of strategy? And in hindsight, you know, when history happens and we look back and we're like, dang, you know, that, that kind of needed to happen for us to be where we are. Hmm. Who, who did you think knew that? Who did you think knew that? Not man. Man didn't know that. And God says, such a time as this, you're right where you need to be for, the, for a time like this. You are right where you need to be. You are right where you need to be. Heed every instruction of God. Heed it and be a good representative of God. Steward it well. Steward it well. There's a lesson to be taught. Because it's not just like Daniel told Nebuchadnezzar. I did not I did not translate or help you understand this dream for me. I did it for you. This was not about me. This was for you. And it kind of baffled me for a little bit because we would think that, oh, you know, I translated the dream. Yeah, he's about to set me up on how this was for me. Thank you, God. Thank you for my blessing. But Daniel had a different outlook. Daniel said, this is not about me. This is not about a seat that you're going to put me in or maybe, you know, a blessing. This is about you. God is not just concerned about me. He's concerned about you too. So he wanted you to know the dream. And yeah, you know, I may have been promoted because I interpreted the dream. But the point, it wasn't about that. It was about you. You needed to know this because this was a warning for you. Sometimes we do stuff, right? And, you know... God will give us a incentive or something on the other side. And we'll be like, thank you, God. But then we'll forget that there was a reason that God had you do that thing. And it was just not about you getting an incentive. There was something else connected to that. For instance, I went to the store, y'all. And I, you know, tithe and I always tithe what I can. When I have money, I tithe money. When I have food, I you know, I, I tithe my first 10%. Um, when I have time, I try to tithe my time. It's about just giving what you have, right? And, you know, yeah, sharing what you have, giving what you have. And um, I was trying to tithe because, you know, yeah. I was trying to tithe um, the food like I always do. And I always give out, I'll always buy like $30 worth of food or something like that. And I'll tithe it. Like I'll make sandwiches or something like that. And I'll give them out or, you know, this was my first time really buying somebody groceries. 
But um, I got in the line. Um, I was like, God, you know, I want to tithe it before I spend it. Before I spend any money on myself for food, I want to tithe this thirty dollars. And um, you know, I was like, you know, uh, he gave me the idea to just buy somebody thirty dollars worth of groceries in the store. And God said, you know, I was like, who? I'm getting in line. I'm like, who? He's like, get behind this man. So I'm like, okay. He's getting checked out. He only had a couple items. And I was like, you know, I told the lady, I was like, I'm going to pay for his stuff. And he was like, no, it's okay. I got it. And I was like, no, you know, like, I'm going to pay for your stuff. It wasn't about him. It was about because I knew that that's what I was, you know, that's what God would want me to do. And it was something that honestly brought joy to my heart. Like, I liked tithing I liked helping people I liked when I made sandwiches you know and giving them out I liked when I did that it was not about um you know looking a certain type of way it was just me feeling like I'm doing my part I'm doing my part like I'm helping the best way that I can and and that's it like that that was all it was about for me so I was like you know I'm gonna do it and the man ended up saying, he was like, I did the same thing for somebody the other day at the store. I bought this lady groceries. So I was like, glory to God. Glory to God. And he was like, you know, next time I see you, I got you. Like, they kept saying, you know, you're so blessed and God's going to bless you. And I just was right. It was like, it's really not about that. I did that. I did that because one, I didn't know what situation he was in. And God maybe wanted to show him that I got you. It was not about me. And I told him, he kept saying, you're so blessed and God got you. I was like, God loves, like, maybe God wants you to know that he loves you. It wasn't about me. God could have picked anybody in this store to say, do it for her, do it for him. But he chose you. And I don't, I don't know what, what was going on in that man's life. I don't know. He could have been battling thoughts that, you know, God, I'm doing all of this and you don't show up for me or you don't do this. And this was probably God showing him, I do. I can send people to help you just like I send you to help other people. It wasn't about me. He was like, next time I see you, I got you. You don't have to do nothing for me. You don't have to do nothing for me because I got my fulfillment just knowing that I did. I was obedient to God and I did. I helped or I obeyed God in whatever he had for you. Just to be a part of it. You don't have to do nothing for me. Just to be a part of it was enough for me. Just me feeling like, oh my gosh, God used me was enough for me. I didn't do it to see what I was going to get out of it. I knew what I was going to get out of it. And it was me knowing that God used me. For whatever reason. You know, so that's just a little story, but serve your season well. God has you in situations and places and for a certain reason. There's somebody who needs to be touched. There's a soul that needs to be saved. There's somebody who needs to get to know God. I remember somebody telling me a while ago, you may be the only Bible that somebody reads, so be a good representative. And that showed me that, like, when I, my encounter is about God and my perception on God, and God knows it. My perception of God that I had for a while was based off of people who were in the church. 
I didn't open a Bible. I didn't know God personally. It was based off of people who said that they worship God, who said that they work for God, who said they were in representatives for God. And to me, I felt like I knew a lot about God's character, about the people who are, rep- you know, in regards to the people who are representing him. And that's why it's so important that if you are, you know, like if you consider yourself a representative of God, if you're a child of God, I'm not going to say if you consider yourself, if you're a child of God, you are a representative of God. As representatives of God, that we conduct ourselves in a way that is honoring and pleasing to God, no matter the circumstance, because you don't know what is attached to you. You don't know who's looking at you. You don't know how God will use you in that situation. Man. So, yeah, let me pray out. Because I feel like this is something we really need to muster on and, like, sit with and meditate on. Are you stewarding wherever you are well? And this is not to, you know, point nobody out or attack nobody. That's just saying, like, you you are responsible for stewarding where you are well. God loves everyone so much. God loves you, the people who are attached to you, the people who live in the household with you, the people who are around you. He don't want none of them to perish. And you may be there as an act of grace and mercy on God's part. You may feel like, God, you know, I'm, 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 I'm trying to be this better person. I don't deserve this. I don't know why I'm in this space with these people, but it may be an act of grace and mercy on God's part to try to reach them. You don't know. You don't know. And it's okay to say, God, I don't know why I'm here, but I'm a steward it well. I don't know why you placed me here, but I'm going to be a good representative of you, whether I'm on the mountain or I'm in the valley. I'm going to be a good representative of you. I'm going to stay close. I'm going to be obedient. I'm going to do what you told you tell me to do. Because there's a bigger picture going on. I know it. I know it. Even when you don't see it, he's working. Even when you don't know it, he's working. There's something going on in the midst. God don't, he does not sleep. He does not sleep. He does not miss a beat. What is the, what is the name that Haggai called God? Let's see. Elroy. I'm just bringing all of this stuff is just coming back. To me. Elroy, the God that sees me. The God that sees me. 
God that sees me. God sees you. He sees the situation. How are you stewarding me? How are you how are you stewarding it? I'm like stewarding me. How are you stewarding it? Haggai said, El Roy, the God that sees me. He sees your situation. He knows where you are. Trust him enough to know that he knows what he's doing. And if he wants you somewhere else, he will put you somewhere else. But it's not going to come by you stomping your feet, folding your arms, having that attitude, rolling your eyes, murmuring. It's not going to come like that. A lot of us, you know, the pastor said something that really stuck to me. He said, we don't got no choice but to wait. A lot of us wait because we don't have no choice, but how are you waiting? You can be like, God, I am waiting. With your arms folded, crossing, cross. Um, rolling your eyes, attitude all the time, don't want to be bothered. I'm waiting though. I'm waiting. How are you waiting? Because are you missing the preparation? Like there's preparation right here. There's a reason why you're here. There's preparation right here. So you're not really waiting and allowing me to develop you in the waiting. You're waiting and just letting the time go past. That reminds me of like how we do with fasting, right? We think fasting is just sustaining from food. But fasting is spending time with God, letting God feed us. Are you fasting as a diet or are you fasting to get close to God? Like there's a difference. Yes, the time has passed. Time has passed. But how are you spending the time? How are you storing it? Something that I keep having to ask myself that the pastor said, he said... With the time you do have, what are you doing with it? Because the devil seeks to distract you. He seeks to distract you. So when you're looking up and you have time, what are you doing with it? So when I'm looking up and I have time, I'm like, okay, what could I be doing with this time so that I could say I stewarded it that well? Maybe I need to read. Maybe I just need to praise and worship. Maybe I need to go, you know, speak with somebody. Maybe, you know, like, what can I do to get the best out of this time right now? What's something that will serve this time well? Because time waits on nobody. Time is something that we cannot control. We can't control, and we're on the clock. So spend your time well. I'm going to pray out. I hope that really sits with somebody and that really wakes you up about your situation. It gives you hope. It gives you hope. It gives you some understanding about where you are. God, Father God, um, I just thank you for every new revelation, for every new understanding that you give. I just thank you for, um, God, I thank you for the development. I know that's not something that we normally thank you for, but I thank you for the development. Because in the time in between when we're in the middle, God, you have a purpose and you're trying to develop us through it. Even though it may seem confusing, even though it may hurt, even though it may seem frustrated, there's a pruning going on. There's some fruit that you're trying to pull out of us. There's a deeper us that you're trying to 
pull out of us, there's something that you're trying to reveal to us about ourselves. And sometimes we're not grateful for that until we're in hindsight and we're looking back saying, you know, God, thank you. But God, I I just, I pray that at the end of this season, a lot of people look back and say, I'm going to have to rename that season because that season I thought was the worst thing in my life was actually the best thing that happened to me. So God, I just thank you that you are not, (laughs) you are not scared by our emotions, nor can we bend or twist your arm. I thank you for being a firm God. A firm father, a father that gives us what we need. When we need discipline, you give it. When we need comfort, you give it. You are who you are. You are everything that we need in any given moment. And God, I just thank you for just your, your, I don't even know how to explain to God, but you know my heart. Just your wandering, your greatness. You are a God in your own lane and there's nobody else nothing or nobody else that either even compares or is equal to you so we give you honor we give you praise we give you glory it's in jesus name we pray amen i love you guys I just pray that god opens our eyes more and more every day to who he really is I just pray that God continues to fix his altar. And as we learn more and more and more about God, that we get more freedom. There's freedom in the truth and the truth is God. The truth is God. There's freedom in the truth. Once we learn who God really is, the truth about God, who who God really is, there's freedom and there's peace. There's peace that surpasses all understanding, no matter what situation that you're in, because you know the truth about God. And when you know the truth about God and his characteristics, Life circumstance can no longer beat on you. So, guys, I love you as we fight this good fight together. Um, I just, yeah, I just thank you guys. I thank God. Um, bye, guys. <laughs>